This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following or subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews, all the rage, please, and Thank you, uh, Pete Smith, Sports Illustrated, along for the ride. We're going to get to some playoff predictions and previews here this weekend. We're going to talk a little bit, give our uh, quarterback basically end-of-the-year report. Um, but, Pete, first little shake-up here um, for the Browns as far as the staff. Um, not only losing your assistant defensive line coach, also losing your defensive line coach as Chris Kiffin is headed on down to join his brother, down in old miss um it's a loss certainly but um i don't think it's going to be too difficult to find you know somebody to come in here and coach a defensive line room led by the likes of one miles garrett yeah i don't know what to make of this um you know why now why you know it seems like this job was always there for him uh, so it's strange to me that suddenly he's leaving. I, I don't want to suggest it like this is a demotion. It just, it just strikes me as a little odd. Um, you do wonder if there was the possibility of, uh, oh, your brother will take you down at Old Miss. Uh, if you want, that's okay with us. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, you, again, you have, you have, uh, Miles Garrett, you have, uh, likely going to have Jadevian Clowney back. You're going to have probably bring in more help, both at defensive end in the draft and then probably a free agent defensive tackle. Like it's an embarrassment of riches. Uh, I think Chris Kiffin was okay. I, 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 I'd be hard pressed to say he was, he did a great job given what Garrett did on this defensive front, but um, whatever the reality is that, the Browns now have the best defensive uh, line coach job opening on the planet. Like there is nobody uh, that can look around and go, man, there's a, there's, there's no, there, there's a better job for me. Like hopefully what will happen is the Browns will find what, what, what amounts to the Bill Callahan of defensive line. Um, I, I, you know, is it possible that, you know, Miles Garrett and some of these other guys, you know, essentially stop listening and sort of do their own thing. I don't know. It doesn't really seem like that, but like I said, it, it, it I don't want to make this into like some negative thing. It just struck me as interesting and a, a little odd that this suddenly came out that he's going to his brother's got his, his brother's job. And I know he's going to be co-defensive coordinator of the year, but again, that just feels like a little bit uh, easy. Um, it's not like he, you know, he's getting, he's not like he's getting a full promotion anywhere. He's still going to be, I think he's going to coach linebackers down there. And the thing with this is, um, you know, you're looking at a possible new def- defensive line coach coming in here and, you know, and, and again, it's not really essentially Chris Kiffin's fault that the defensive tackle group and look, we, we talked about this, you know, when the season started was it wasn't constructed as far as, you know, having somebody there, you know, that number one, one, t- you know, knows that you're looking for to, you know, disrupt the run game and, you know, hopefully making it easier so you can have your linebackers fly around and make the plays. Um, not necessarily his fault that that wasn't there. 
Um, obviously, that's going to be an emphasis, emphasis uh, you know, as far as, you know, one thing that is certainly needed along this defensive line. But, you know, it's Chris Kiffin down to Old Miss. And the one thing that's difficult is, you know, obviously, you know, going down there, going to coach in the SEC, going to coach with your brother. Um, but, you know, there is the, you know, the upper echelon of the SEC. And then there is everybody else, which certainly includes Old Miss. Pete, week two, Browns home opener, Houston Texans, Cleveland Browns. A spry Pete Smith rarely makes it to a game. Pete Smith in the house that day. Uh, Baker Mayfield started off pretty electric, hot, hitting everything. Interception, Justin Reed of the Houston Texans. Baker, sometimes, you know, where your um, your heart is made to be bigger than your mind, gets himself in a situation where he's caught between the hash marks, tries to make a play, um, altering, you know, his season, certainly the fate of the Cleveland Browns, uh, leading to a lot of the questions and the discussions that we're having now today. As we all know, Baker is headed off. Uh, to surgery. It looks like, I guess that would be Wednesday of next week. Uh, you know, long, long rehab to get himself back. It is what it is, but the season changed there. Quarterback review. And it's really, really difficult. I mean, for Baker Mayfield, what we've seen to this point and anybody who ever, you know, followed baseball back in the day, there was a pitcher named Brett Saberhagen and Brett Saberhagen. It was the odd year on off year, you know, uh, I'm sorry, even year on odd year off. Um, Baker Mayfield seems to have fallen into that kind of here rookie year, 2018, Fantastic year, 2019, not so much. 2020, we all know how well 2021 for Baker Mayfield. 2021, again, here, not so much. So if you're like in the trends, looks like 2022 should do it here. Um, But Pete for Baker, and look, it's not just on him. You know, the construction and production of the wide receiver room certainly was a letdown. Tight end room as well. Um, But you are the quarterback of this team. All eyes are on you. All fingers are pointing at you. Tough year for Baker, and, you know, changes will be made to put him in a better situation. And the line that drives me potso, absolutely crazy when people talk about Baker Mayfield is, you know, things need to be perfect for him to succeed. I would never in four years now at Baker Mayfield in Cleveland describe that wide receiver room as anything close to perfect. But, look, there's work to be done, and a lot of it, you know, to be fair, is on his own part. Yeah, I mean, the the, – Everything having to be perfect is nonsense. They've never had a good wide receiver here uh, with him. Um, his offensive line obviously was different every week this year, starting with Jedrick Wills hurting himself, hurting his ankle, and then uh, losing Chris Hubbard for the year. Then you eventually lose uh, Conklin for the year, and you've got the Blake Hand experience out at right tackle for quite a bit. Um, but none of that changes the fact that the season effectively ended when he hurt his shoulder uh, going into that game, going into that moment, he was 40, 49. It looked easy for him in many, many respects. Uh, and he was looked like he had picked up right where he left off. Um, once he got hurt, it, it just led into any number of bad things beyond the fact that, you know, physically it limited what he could do. And um, Wyatt Teller's, uh, uh, Showing how difficult it is is uh, a fascinating watch for a press conference. Um, but uh, it, you know, I, I think people got fooled themselves in this idea that, like, that this mind body connection doesn't really matter. Um, but it clearly did. Um, you know, whether it was initially trying to do too much, trying to be a hero before he finally broke his shoulder, which was his fault, uh, or 
some of the other things. I mean, the he played great against the Cincinnati Bengals, but that's also the game he suffered the bone bruise and the heel, mm-hmm. uh, which sort of reset him. There's any number of – the other part, which I think is league-wide, is the fact that so few uh, quarterbacks and teams in general could practice, which is you saw across the league just crappy quarterback play for the most part. Uh, a lot of players that went down either didn't come back up or took significantly longer than you know one would think they, they would uh, to sort of bounce back from their struggles. But that doesn't change the fact that – Mayfield has his own issues to work on. Um, people talk about how he has to sort of like re, re, you know, re kajigger his mechanics or anything else. There are issues I have that are largely uh, choices with his feet and how he throws with his his uh, shoulder open. I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of that, but he can do it. That's fine. But in terms of like where he ends up and drifts uh, in into his uh, sort of landmarks and and some of the ways he he throws the football uh with his upper not engaging his lower body drives me nuts if you ask him he will tell you how important his legs are in his in driving the ball and getting it out cleanly but over the course of this year and I think some of this is a result of the knee and the heel is he wasn't prioritizing his lower body and when he wasn't doing that either because it was lazy, which happened more early in the year, or just because he uh, was injured. And then just out of practice, you saw a lot of these balls come out of his hand that were just wonky and didn't hit right. Uh, the same thing I would say in terms of like his spacing relative to his offensive line. The one the, that stands out to me the most is the Green Bay Packers game with the interception throwing at Jarvis Landry where he just sort of settled to throw around a lineman uh, that was right up on top of him rather than sort of getting his feet out either back up to make the throw or go around mm-hmm. uh, and and leave the pocket to make the throw. Uh, my sort of I – don't, I don't even think it's a hope. It's just how it works with these with, with this position is – I think he there, I don't worry about scar tissue with him. I worry I, I only worry about him getting back to it. I think he will bounce back. Um, but at the same time, the I think he's a stubborn prick uh, in, in the best ways that have enabled him to win the Heisman Trophy and become the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. That's also the quality uh, that could limit how far he can go. Um, I think he he does need to sort of be willing to uh, be more open to what he can do to improve rather than just determining it himself. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't care if that means hiring his own private quarterback coach. If that is whatever Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski want him to do and he's doing it, that's fine. But if he's just essentially saying, no, no, no I've done it this way my whole life. I'm going to keep doing it. That's where I have an issue. I mean, uh, you know, Tom Brady, 44 years old, goes in and, and, you know, gets things tuned up with Tom House every offseason. And well, the thing with Baker, and this is where, look, if there was ever a time for a change, um, certainly it is now. Um, you know, his NFL career could be at a crossroads. Um, if he does not rebound with a strong 20 to 22, um, you're talking, you know, anywhere from 100 to more million dollar 
reason. Um, you know, I, I have no questions of his dedication or commitment to his craft. Um, but sometimes you need to look in the mirror and, you know, you need to say whether or not, you know, is it time for a change? Is it time to do something different? And sometimes, you know, making a change for change's sake, but, you know, it's also, you know, re-stimulating yourself, you know, you know, challenging yourself, getting something, you know, new within your own head that it's not, you're doing the same old thing. It's not the same, you know, repetitive thing that you've done every off season, you know, forever, however long you've done it. And, you know, if there was a time for Baker Mayfield to change his off season routine, this is probably the time to do that. Um, it's a little early here. We're going to get into this, you know, as the months go on, as far as if somebody becomes available, that might be right to bring in here as, you know, a competent backup, possibly a challenger. Um, way, way, way too early to probably even go down that road without knowing, you know, you know legitimate names that could be part of it. Um, but, but, I know Pete loves Nick Mullins, but it's just, it's just like, it's, that's what's going to happen. Like all the names that are thrown out there, Marcus Mariota, like he threw one pass this year. Why? And why does he want to leave, you know, Las Vegas or, or go East, you know, Mitchell Trubisky is going to probably stick with, uh, with one of the coaching, one of the coaches that running the offense he's in now. Uh, Like, I, I don't know where, you know, the competition comes from, but really realistically, it's a waste of time and reps because you don't have enough. The way the CBA is set up in the same way, you can't sort of develop a quarterback and just take a guy somewhere in the draft and be like, no, we're just going to let him get, get, get reps and and get worked and and see what he becomes. That doesn't happen anymore. So, you know, quarterback competitions are basically just suicide for your team. I, I don't think the Browns are going to do it. Uh, I think Nick Mullins is the perfect backup for what the Browns want. One, I think he's better than Case Keenum, and two, he can, should cost far less than Case Keenum. Well, and the old theory of, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Um, we're going to get some playoff previews here. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith along for the ride, your Friday edition of Locked on Browns. Browns fans, we're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they are providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help you make your bets as informed as ever. The experts at OnlineGambling.com have set me the challenge of putting my own knowledge to the test and coming up with my very early Super Bowl predictions to see how much of an expert I really am. For now, I am going Packers Chiefs until that probably blows up in my face, but we'll see how it works out. We'll be keeping a close eye on this predictions as the playoffs continue. If you're planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, make sure you head to OnlineGambling.com before you do. OnlineGambling.com gives betters the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day. That includes their OG tips section, where you'll find their own Super Bowl picks, as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. Make sure to visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info for the best odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. I guess people just take it in order here. Starting Saturday, tomorrow, 4.30 in the afternoon, the Las Vegas Raiders headed to the jungle, face the Cincinnati Bengals. Looks like it's going to be a cold one in Cincinnati. Bengals 
Uh, first time in a long time, playoff game, passing game through the charts, a defense at times that's had its issues. The Raiders, it's, it's been a crazy, crazy year for Las Vegas to think that they're even in this position with all they went through with their head coach, having a star player, you know, go with the, you know, go the route and, you know, be guilty of the most egregious of acts. And then you close the season out absolutely strong as hell. Um, you kind of find yourself, everything starts to click. You win a wild one on Sunday night to get yourself into this opportunity, have the ability maybe where you can kind of maybe make Joe, uh, I'm sorry, make Joe Burrow a spectator with your running game and Josh Jacobs. Uh, Darren Waller is starting to come back into the fold for the Raiders, who's obviously a huge, huge part of their offense here for the last couple of years. Las Vegas at Cincinnati to start off the NFL playoff slate, Pete. Yeah, unless uh, the combination of Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe can just absolutely terrorize Joe Burrow. I think Which could happen. Good. Which could happen. I, think, I mean, he's the most, basically the most sacked quarterback. Some of those are his own stupid fault. Or in fact, a lot of them are his own fault. But um, failing, unless he gets hurt uh, or, or you know, just gets absolutely destroyed in that regard, I think the Bengals are going to win and win big. The Raiders' secondary is god-awful. They shouldn't be in the playoffs for any number of reasons, including uh, the fact that the Browns should have beaten them. But they're just – they don't have enough, and the Bengals have flaws, but their strengths match up really well against the Raiders' weaknesses. As much as I think I want to talk myself into the fact that the Raiders can make this game close, um, and I kind of agree with you here, I think the Bengals' offense, the Bengals' passing game, Bengals' offense in general, they can give a C-plus effort, and it's probably still going to put more than 30 points on the board. With that being said, I guess it is prediction time. Mr. Smith, Raiders, Bengals, Saturday in the jungle. Line, five and a half. I guess we're going to have to take Cincinnati to cover. Mr. Smith? Yeah, I would take the Bengals in that in that situation. With the money, I'm not going to bet. So there you go. As you guys know, uh, Pete and I are more of the, uh, yeah, I'd rather hold on to the money than gamble it. Because, however, though, there's a lot of bets – in our minds, we've hit on over the years. Uh, we will go to the primetime affair. Um, first things first, Pete, this is looking like it's going to shape up very similar weather-wise to the first matchup where New England traveled to Buffalo. I think uh, you know, with Buffalo uh, favored by four, Pete, I'd feel more comfortable if these Patriots-Bills games went a different way. Say the Bills won the first one and lost the second one. I It scares the living daylights out of me where you're in a position with – Bill Belichick coming back to face a team that he has just recently lost to um, in no disrespect to Buffalo and, you know, how they play and all of those things. But we feel like we've seen this game already this year, which the Bills did not win. And the fact that the Bills did just beat the Patriots, I guess it was two weeks ago now. uh, This is a really, really difficult position, and and it really feels really difficult to uh, bet against Bill Belichick in this one. Yeah, um the big thing with this is how much can you get out of Mac Jones? Um, I, I don't, I don't feel good about it. But at the same time, the Bills' lack of ability to stop the run consistently could bite them. Um, and the Patriots' defense, 
with their third look at the Bills, <clears throat> I think they can do significantly better. My big issue with the, the the Patriots is injuries. They are beat up, and I don't know that they're going to be able to sort of make up for the fact that you know Christian Barmore is, is you know he had a scare at the very least. Um, he may play, but I don't know what that's going to look like. You know, you've got guys like Kyle Duggar and and some of these other guys that are injured, and and maybe that's entirely uh, being careful given the the fact that they've played the entire season and and who knows how much they really need it but the bills as as much as i don't trust josh allen certainly in the playoffs i think the bills will be okay and win this one by virtue of the fact that the patriots just are sort of out of gas that gives pete smith taking the new england patriots i mean the taking the buffalo bills me personally i don't know i, I just this situation here, and again, we've already kind of seen this game once this year, and the fact that Buffalo pulled it out, uh, you know, two weeks ago in New England. I'm actually going to take New England on this one. I'm not thrilled about it. And the thing with New England is, and we saw it firsthand, Browns fans, this team can get extremely, extremely physical. And sometimes in the playoffs, that will prove to be a huge, huge difference. So there's your first split. Pete Smith on the Buffalo Bills train. I will take the New England Patriots. This takes us to our first NFC game of the weekend, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Eagles get out of the cold northeast, travel on down to Tampa. Um, it's you know kind of the time of the year here for you know Tampa to basically turn it up a notch, probably similar to what they did last year. Um, certainly Tampa going to be a little bit limited. Um, no Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin. Uh, Mike Evans still nursing his way through it. The Buccaneers appear to be getting their running backs back for this week. The Eagles, the most effective running team in the league, if they can do this to some success on Sunday, maybe you limit the opportunities for Brady and the Buccaneers. But Philly headed on down to Tampa Sunday, and Tampa laying a uh, – oh, my God, I didn't realize, but it's actually up to eight and a half Tampa Bay over Philly as the line. Yeah, I would take Philly to cover, but I think the Bucks will win. Uh, I don't know that – the threat of the the play action passing game against Tampa Bay's not great corners is going to be enough. They're they're pretty good in the middle of the field, which is where, where that would be the more uh, problematic element. Uh, I, I think they will be fine in terms of being able to sort of wrangle Jalen Hurts enough to sort of slow him down. You know, Levante David coming back is big for them. Yep. Uh, they've got you know, Vita Vea up front, which should help uh, shut down the just direct running game. Um, you know, I think the Bucks will have enough, but I don't think it will be a blowout. I think it will be close enough uh, to, to give them a little bit of a scare. So Pete Smith on the Tampa Bay wagon. I think Philly is going to go in. I think Philly is going to play tough. I just don't think Philadelphia has enough. It would take a Herculean effort. You got to be talking with Jalen Hurts, you know, somewhere probably maybe north of 350 total yards, uh, being able the ability to use his legs. Um, but as Pete said, that the linebacker unit for Tampa Bay is athletic. and can run. They can run to anybody. So, you know, maybe that's less of a you know threat of Jalen Hurts and what he can do with his legs. Um, but for Philadelphia, I mean, this is kind of gravy. I mean, you've got first-round picks coming up in this draft. You traded away uh, Carson Wentz for a first-round pick. Colts are sitting on the couch this weekend. Philadelphia is in a playoff game. 
Um, but I think Tampa Bay is just going to prove to be too much here. So both of us riding along here with the Buccaneers. We're going to get to the final three games of the playoff weekend here. Appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen every day. Hey, Browns fans. This is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card to Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Pete, somewhere up in heaven, John Madden, Pat Summerall rolling around in their graves as the thought of the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers playing in a playoff game being televised on Nickelodeon. Um, Cowboys, Niners. And I think this is a good test here, Pete. You know, the Niners defense seems to be catching their stride. Their offense, they have really, really found something in using Debo Samuel as the ultimate weapon. Um, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, you know, whether it's CeeDee Lamb, whether it's Amari Cooper, whether it is, you know, um, you know, bringing Cedric Wilson in the fold here after the injury to our guy, Michael Gallup. This has got the makings, Pete, of maybe what could be the best game of the weekend. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I think it could be. Um, the bottom line for me is I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get a bunch of yards, and I think he's going to throw a bunch of interceptions. That's just how Dallas's defense works. I, I think unless San Francisco can dictate uh, their offense the way that the they can't they can't against the Rams, where they can constantly put the opponent in situations where they have to play bigger than they want to they can stay on schedule if every time the 49ers end up in a, in a long down and distance situation they have to worry about demarcus lawrence micah parsons and, and everything else with guys like trevon Diggs, who near as i can figure has no interest in actually covering anyone but will go for the <laughs> every time so you know it can lead to a lot of big time yardage, but when you're wrong, it's, it's a huge, huge mistake. And I think that's ultimately what's going to, what's going to happen. The other, the flip side of that is San Francisco is very good at on the defensive line. They're very good at the second level, their corners. They're not enough to me to stop Amari Cooper and CD lamb and, you know, Cedric Wilson Plus Dalton Schultz, 
I, I think ultimately that Dak Prescott and, and the passing offense is going to be able to just get through them enough. Uh, I think this is probably going to be more high scoring than, than maybe uh, some might expect the uh, what was the line on this? Our current line on this bowl game is the Cowboys laying a field goal. So essentially even. Yeah, I would take, I would take the Cowboys to cover it. Uh, the other part of this is, Debo Samuel is incredible. You, you can make a case that he's the most, uh, the best football p- player in the league right now. Uh, but I'm, that that might be the most interesting thing is how is Dan Quinn going to sort of match up with him, whether he's lined up out wide or in the backfield. But ultimately, I think Dallas has too much, uh, and, and San Francisco it, it may ultimately ruin Dallas's ability to win in the next round. But for now, I think Dallas will win. For me, it's the uh, the bevy of Dallas pass rushers. Um, you know, the fact that you can use Micah Parsons how you want now, as opposed to earlier in the year, uh, they were kind of forced to just keeping him as, uh, you know, a pass rusher. Um, you have that, you know, you another name to add in there, Randy Gregory, you know, always been an on-again, off-again player in the NFL. But when he's on, he's an effective pass rusher. And you get into a game where it looks like it's going to be some points put on the board if you're telling me I got to choose between Jimmy Garoppolo and I got to choose between Dak Prescott, right? Seems pretty easy to me. I'm going to take Dak Prescott in this one. I think you're talking maybe a 37, 34, whatever, you know, high scoring game. But if we're talking about a shootout um, and the potential of the pass rush of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Diggs and Jimmy Garoppolo definitely screams of Diggs is going to find a way to get him once. I think Dallas is going to pull this one out here and roll on through the NFC bracket Sunday night. Arrowhead Stadium, Pete, Big Ben, Roethlisberger, and uh, I mean, I'll tell you right now, Browns fans, you might want to watch this one on mute because I, I can't imagine the love affair that's going to go on for as long as that game is televised. Um, these teams recently played. It was an absolute slaughter. Um, the Chiefs, the Chiefs defensively, it's they're never good, but they get to this point later in the year where they just basically scrap everything and say, this is who we are, this is what we work this is what works for us. We're not worried about anything else. Um, certainly it didn't work against Cincinnati Bengals. Um, some of that was obviously due to play calling. Um, but, you know, here, Ben, possibility of his final start in Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll take a look one more time here. Lined at 10 and a half, by far the biggest line of the weekend here, Pete. This is a difficult one for the Steelers. And in my opinion, most likely looking at the swan song of number seven in Pittsburgh. Well, let's start here. Ben Roethlisberger, my prediction on this is he's going to wait until next year. And then the Steelers in somehow, some way are going to basically look at Mason Rudolph and then have to go ask him to come back. And then he will come back. Uh, One, he's been decent enough. And two, uh, you know, he he can't help himself. Uh, But this, I don't under, I don't, you know, you, you listen to that sort of terrible trying to be sort of sarcastic speech from Ben Roethlisberger um, about how they don't have a chance in this one. Well, he's right. They don't have a chance in this one. I mean, there, there, there's a possibility that the Chiefs defense somehow falls apart and they find Dirty Dan Sorensen over and over and over again. But the Steelers offense just isn't that good. And they have some nice players, but I, I don't think they have anything the Chiefs can't handle. Uh, more importantly, 
the Chiefs are just too damn fast for the Steelers, which, by the way, contrasting that against the Browns, shows you just why the, the Browns have to get so much faster on offense when you watch if, – if you watch the Chiefs play the Steelers the first time, you'll see it here again. Compare that to how the Browns played the, the Chiefs, where they just – or the Browns played the Steelers, where they, they just didn't have enough to run away from guys. Uh, the Chiefs, whether it's Tyreek Hill – uh, whether it's McCall Hardman, whether it's Travis Kelsey, they're just so much faster than the Steelers. Uh, and, and Pat Mahomes can get the ball out effectively enough. Uh, obviously, the big question for the, the, the Chiefs is going to be how, how well can they protect, protect? They lose Lucas Niang for the year with a patella tendon injury. Uh, you know, I'm still not the world's biggest fan of uh, of their left tackle. Uh, Joe Thune's great. Creed Humphrey's great. Uh, can they stop Cam Hayward, who's having what I would call the best season of his career? Uh, you know, can they can they do enough against T.J. Watt? I suspect they can, and they're going to win, and they're going to win huge. I don't think this one is going to be close in any way whatsoever. Uh, it's just too much going on for Kansas City right now, and you know, Ben, it's. I mean, to his credit, you know, with all the flaws he's actually have throwing the ball, he's making the conscious effort to make sure he gets gets rid of it as as absolutely quick as possible. Interesting here, you have Melvin Ingram who started the season with the Pittsburgh Steelers, part of the Kansas City pass rush. Now we'll see how that plays a role. Um, but you know, it's the time of the year here where the Chiefs kind of just fire things up and go about their business like we've seen them do, you know, last couple of years here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, it hasn't been great this time, you know, great. You know, like we've seen the last couple of years for him, certainly a chance to turn this all around here in a playoff run. Um, but, you know, this for me, this has all the makings of probably, you know, something like a 34 to 10 game. And it could even be the point where maybe the Chiefs just kind of, you know, put the brakes on it a little bit late in the game because I just don't think the Steelers are going to be able to have enough here to get it done. Takes us to the final game of the weekend, your first Monday night playoff game in NFL history. The Los Angeles Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Rams are laying four. Um, there's been games between these two in the past that have been pretty good here. Matthew Stafford, look, this is what it was all about for Matthew Stafford. This is what he wanted. Um, after all those years in Detroit, he wanted to be put in a position where he could be part of a good team, put together a playoff run. The Cardinals, it, it was up and down. I mean, you know, they were darlings of the league here when they left Cleveland early in the season. They're unbeaten at the time. Uh, you know, looked like a really, really, really solid team. Um, you know, some bumps along the road got them to 11 and four, got them into an unenviable position where they did not win their division. They are on the road, not like SoFi Stadium is going to be this killer, difficult place to play as a road team. But Rams, Cardinals, Monday night, Rams, four points favorite, Pete. Yeah, this is, this is probably the toughest one to pick. Um, I, I think the Rams offense has stunk for about six weeks. Uh, just watching them. It's mm-hmm. However, what are you, what are you inclining there? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, whatever Odell Beckham isn't doing there. Cause he hasn't been good. Uh, I think Matt Stafford's just beat up and it has taken a massive toll on him. Uh, but Nevertheless, I still think the Rams are probably better better suited to win this game, and it comes down to their defense. Uh, the for as bad as the Rams match up against a team like the 49ers who just line it up and run over them, the Cardinals don't have that. The Cardinals are entirely built to throw the football. Their offensive line is set to try to pass block better than they run block. All these things, which 
is fine until you run into whatever Von Miller's got left, you know, Aaron Donald and the other pass rushers they have at their disposal. They've got Jalen Ramsey. They dug out Eric Weddle for some reason. Uh, they've got, <laughs> you know, they've just got a really, really good setup to sort of defend Kyler Murray in this offense. Uh, you know, unless the ran- the the Cardinals can can do more on defense uh, to to cause turnovers, which you know this is why it makes it difficult to pick because if Matt Stafford starts doing what he's been doing, which is just throwing a lot of interceptions and some Ill, you know just a bad uh, choices of throws, I, I don't I just don't think Arizona's got enough. I think the Rams are going to win. Uh, Again, it won't be pretty. I think this might be the lower score, one of the lower scoring games. Uh, but nevertheless, I think the Rams will advance and then probably get crushed. I'm not a huge fan of the vibe of the way the Cardinals are coming into this. Um, you know, certainly as you head towards January, uh, you want to be on the uptick, not necessarily on a side tick or even a, a down tick. Um, We'll see how it works out in that respect. Um, but you look, you know, at the Rams here, you know, uh, you know, best defensive player in this game, Aaron Donald, best offensive player in this game, probably Cooper Cup. The Rams had the advantage in both those aspects. Um, if so, you're asking the Cardinals to contain Aaron Donald on offense and finding a way to control Cooper Cup on defense. Uh, you know, Matt Stafford has to get out of his own head, has to understand the throws he cannot make because he certainly has the ability to take the Rams out of this game. Odell, whatever factory plays. And, you know, as you know, we mentioned the other day with John Costco, and I know Pete's mentioned it through social media here. Um, touchdowns don't mean everything. And I think a lot of you are skewing what Odell has done here with the Rams just due to, and again, this is where fantasy football isn't always the best thing in the world. I know you people love the day, you know, love it, whatever, that's fine. But sometimes it skews a lot of things as far as, you know, you know, three for 27 and a touchdown. I'm sorry, that doesn't do much for me. It doesn't make, you know, Look, make it look like he's putting in a great statistical output or a great impact on the game here. I think the Rams find a way. Um, I want to see, hopefully, you know, can Cam Akers possibly be a factor for this team? It's a great story, the fact that he's here in this instance. So me personally, Susan, so that puts both of us here on the Rams for your final playoff game of the weekend here. Peter, did want to ask you this one here. Um, you know, obviously everybody wants to talk the postseason awards here. I don't think offensive rookie of the year or offensive, I'm sorry, defensive rookie of the year. In my opinion, it's not a contest in either one of them. The one I am kind of curious on is, is there anybody who is possibly de- taking the MVP away from Aaron Rodgers this year? Um, well, offensive rookie of the year, uh, Jamar Chase is going to win it. I, I You can make an argument, and, and I think a winning one, um, that Creed Humphrey should win it. He won't, but he's been great from start to finish. Uh, as far as MVP goes, um, look, I, the, the, I hate this award because it's stupid. It makes no sense. Um, if you're asking me who the most valuable player of the year is this year, I might argue it's Debo Samuel because true. he does Very everything. True. Um, in the same way that, you know, you can make an argument for Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson when their teams are good every year because they are the whole thing. Like it, it, 
if we get into just change this to most outstanding, it's a, it's a little bit clear. But no, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to win it. I think Joe Burrow's got a hell of an argument too. The, the, there's no shortage of guys who are super valuable to their teams uh, that that can make a case. But Aaron Rodgers, in spite of his uh, personal choices, is certainly the most valuable most outstanding quarterback this year, which is usually how this goes anyway. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to name the award, uh, name it what it is in your opinion, uh, most important quarterback or most valuable quarterback or best quarterback, blah, 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 blah. Um, but most valuable. And I agree. Debo Samuel, with, when they transitioned to him, you know, getting, you know, five to, you know, anywhere from four to six carries a game uh, and instituting him in that way. Um, you look at what Debo Samuel has done this year, and then if you take him out of the equation for the San Francisco 49ers, this is a 6 out of 11 team. It's just that simple. Uh, we've gotten to a bunch here today. Obviously, you know, first deep dive into positional reviews as we, you know, hit deep on Baker and how the 2021 season went and some things for 2022 as far as Baker Mayfield are six playoff predictions and previews for this weekend. Sports Illustrated. Browns Digest, Pete Smith and the team do a fantastic job. Make sure you're checking out uh, for Pete's sake, the podcast with Pete and Nicole. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore myself at uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open, as everybody knows. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you are following or subscribed to the Lockdown Browns podcast. Five-star ratings and written reviews. Again, we appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen day in, day out. With all this being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the yellow B. Let's go Browns.